The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a special installment of Barron's Live, an Investor's Business Daily special edition. It's Alyssa Coram here. I'm multimedia content editor at IBD, and I'm joined today by senior markets writer Ken Shreve. And today we are going to be discussing the biotech industry group, which we're seeing a lot of money rotating now into the medical sector. And biotech stocks are catching a lot of investors' eyes. And we're going to discuss how to uncover the ones with staying power and to cut through all the clutter. This is such a big industry group. So really looking forward to a great discussion on that with you again uh, here today, Ken. And we'll be going through a number of stocks on your watch list. But I think first, let's talk about in general why this industry group right now with all of the macro headwinds that we're seeing, why is there so much focus on this group right now? And why is it set up for this latter part of the year, you think? Well, uh, first of all, good morning uh, and good afternoon, everyone. Great to be here. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've definitely seen a rotation into uh, into healthcare stocks. Uh, the healthcare sector is a, a big sector. Some people just call it the medical sector. So you've got your biotech stocks, your uh, uh, your managed care firms, your health insurance, health insurers. We had a great earnings report from United Health uh, uh, earlier uh, today. But uh, yeah, it it tends to be sort of it can be a, a defensive uh, area of uh, of the market. Uh, and it's hard to maybe think of biotech uh, uh, as a defensive uh, stock. I mean, there are some that are, are, are quite volatile, volatile, but there are uh, several large cap uh, biotechs uh, out there that, you know, continue to show uh, relative strength. And uh, the healthcare sector overall, uh, after a, a pretty nasty sell-off in the energy sector and in oil and gas stocks, uh, money is uh, definitely flowing into healthcare, uh, biotech. So it's a, it's a very timely uh, timely. Uh, segment today. That it is. And, you know, so we have this really big industry group, right? I mean, the 197 industry groups that IBD tracks, this is by far, I think, the biggest. And you'll see names in the group have huge moves based on trial data. So uh, in addition to the earnings reports, there are other factors that investors need to consider here when they're looking at these stocks to buy and add to their portfolios. Yeah, so you know, biotech stocks uh, can inherently uh, be be volatile. Uh, so our focus at Investors Business Daily is uh, much of the time to focus on the the large uh, institutional uh, quality names uh, that have uh, good fund ownership trends, um, because this is what is really driving biotechs and all winning stocks uh, at at one point or another is just big uh, big bursts of institutional buying that uh, that fuel these 
stocks to uh, to to big gains. So it's a big uh, it's a big industry group. I think a, a common pitfall for investors is to kind of look at the super speculative names, uh, uh, maybe those that are priced at one, two, three dollars a share, thinking that they can you know double their money. But in many cases, they're just looking at you know companies that don't have any revenue, uh, they don't have any uh, earnings, and uh, you know they have a, a, a pipeline that is so early stage it's going to be years before they get to uh, profitability. So these are not the types of uh, biotechs that we focus on. We focus on the uh, the, the liquid names, uh, many of which are, are, are already profitable. Uh, they're already deriving uh, meaningful uh, revenue. And, uh, you know, there's quite there's quite a large supply of uh, stocks uh, of uh, biotech stocks out there that, that fit that bill. So speaking of that single stock risk, another way that you can play the group is with ETFs. And not only can we get exposure to uh, different sector trends with ETFs, but it also helps us uncover that sector rotation. Like we were seeing money flowing out of oil and gas and into this group, even if you want to maybe supercharge your portfolio exposure, pinpointing individual winners, at least looking at these ETFs can help you uncover that kind of rotation. Oh yeah, absolutely, and I think we, you know, we'll probably first uh, start with taking a look at uh, IBB. But uh, yeah, the, now these uh, these uh, both of the ETFs that we're going to look at initially. Uh, you know, got got caught in a pretty pretty nasty uh, market pullback, but uh, they have uh, come off their lows uh, nicely with some uh, volume. So we're looking at a, a market Smith uh, chart here, where you've got you know up days in blue and down days in red, and you can see that strong move from 104 all the way up to uh, 120 with some with some good volume there. So that tells you there's some big investors, uh, uh, you know, fueling uh, some of the some of the buying. So we're seeing very uh, encouraging action when you see. A, you know, strong performer, you know, from uh, from IBB, um, one of the highest weighted stocks in this ETF is uh, Vertex uh, Pharmaceuticals. It's a stock that we currently have on uh, on leaderboard. And um, so this is uh, and you can see Vertex uh, Pharmaceuticals is a is a, a very strong, uh, a very strong performing stock here, showing great uh, relative strength uh, in the market. Uh, you know, you look at a chart like this and uh, it, it, it doesn't seem possible that we're in a, a currently in a bear market, uh, certainly not in a bear market for, uh, for Vertex Pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And then going back to IBB, because I'm sure there are some out there in the audience saying, okay, well, how do I uncover this group strength before it becomes obvious to everyone out there, just like with oil and gas earlier in the year. And that's where looking at the technicals of, of these broader groups can really come in handy. Like you said, uh, the volume behind the gains coming off the bottom. What also are your thoughts on the weekly or monthly chart here for IBB that give those clues for right as the group is turning that caught your eye. Yeah, so I mean, this is uh, I guess we're looking at a monthly chart here for for IBB, and you can see after a recent uh, uh, pullback, it was uh, it, it rallied nicely in uh, in May. It also rallied nicely in uh, in June, and you can see July has uh, has gotten off to a a nice uh, a nice start. But um, you know, this is uh, this is an ETF that's shown it has an ability to uh, to trend higher. So I mean, there's definitely money that can be made uh, in this uh, in this ETF, and it remains to 
be seen if uh, if uh, you know biotech and healthcare is going to continue to to uh, provide uh, leadership going forward. But we're seeing enough positive action. Uh, among stocks inside this ETF and, uh, you know, a slew of other names in our database that are uh, trading very well and still seeing uh, quite, quite a lot in terms of uh, money inflow. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we move on, I do want to mention that we have the Q&A open and we have made note of those who submitted their questions ahead of the session and looking forward to getting to some of those and some of the live questions later on in the show. So with IBB here, we can see that, like you said, Ken, it can make very strong moves outperforming the market. And with this year, we now have a break of a downtrend. So we're really, uh, instead of trying to call a bottom on the way down, getting a little bit more confirmation of that strength and of that turn. Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, it's making a pretty good case for uh, for for a bottom here, but you can see it's still below some of these uh, some of these moving averages uh, right around the one you know call it one thirty uh, area. So uh, and that that could end up uh, being a, a resistance level. So if you want to uh, get exposure in the biotech sector, um, you know the IBB is a is a good way uh, to do it. And uh, again, we're gonna uh, you know eventually talk about a lot of fundamental what I call fundamental superstars in the biotech uh, in the biotech sector but uh, mm -hmm. this uh, IBB ETF has is making a pretty good case for a bottom here uh, and its next uh, challenge uh, will be to to get above that uh, black line which is the 200 day uh, moving average so but uh, looks like they're they're they could see more more strength here Mm -hmm. And to get a little bit more specific before we move on, because we're all about pinpointing proper buy points instead of you know, blind exposure. We, we see strength. So, we're, you know, we're we're going to look at a, a certain uh, price uh, level and, and price target. We really want to put that into context of where a stock or ETF is trading in relation to its recent price action, moving averages, all of that. So can you talk about that a little bit here with IBB? And then also given the overall market headwinds, how you would go about sizing that position, how much of your portfolio would you dedicate to something like this? Yeah, well, I mean, we are in a, um, we're, we're, the stock market is still uh, trying to, to bottom here. And while the indexes like the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 are still, uh, are still challenged, uh, you do, yeah, and you can see that the NASDAQ here is, is, is trying to get back above that red line, that 50-day moving average. It's been a resistance level uh, so far. It's been a good day so far in the, in the, in the stock market on you know, better than expected retail sales. So NASDAQ is still uh, challenged here. But in terms of the, uh, the IBB, you know, we talked about the, how, it, how it came off, how it came off the, the, the lows uh, with, some, uh, with some volume. And what I particularly like um, is how it's pulled back close to the 120 level and look at the volume on the downside. It really has not, uh, it has not, uh, you know, fallen in heavy volume at all. Very, very light volume as it uh, drifted back. So, I mean, to me, this looks really solid uh, right here, uh, right now, due to the, the relative strength that it's showing. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of position size, uh, how might investors determine that for their portfolio? And it, it depends on their uh, risk tolerance, of course. 
But exactly. What do you I mean, think? as as a general as a general rule of thumb uh, at uh, Investors Business Daily, we'll look at a, a full size a full size aggressive position in a stock at you know, maybe ten percent of a ten uh, percent of a of a portfolio. So when you're initially nibbling at IBB or you want to initially buy a stock, it, it never makes sense to start off uh, top heavy. If you can uh, see it eventually being a ten percent position or an eight percent position, you want to start small, about two and a half percent maybe a little more than that, and just try the stock on for size. And if you get positive feedback, in other words, if the stock starts going up after you you buy it, you might think about uh, increasing the position a little bit, a little bit, until uh, it eventually gets up to that 10% position. So in a case like this, starting small and in light of the, the very tough stock market environment that we're in, starting mm-hmm. small at uh, around 2.5%, mm-hmm. uh, I think is the best course of action. Great. And then one more element to discuss before we really go through these stocks, because it's it really sets the stage here when you're talking about potentially actionable stocks to really set those terms of what position size you're going with. And the other key element to risk management is where you're going to cut your losses, because at Investors Business Daily, the focus is on actively managing that portfolio, not I think the biotech industry group is going to be great for the next five years. So I'm just going to set it and forget it. If you really want to actively manage your portfolio, then you need to be very aware of that risk you're taking on. So cutting losses is paramount. Very important to have an insurance policy with every stock uh, or ETF that you buy. I mean, that is just a, a cardinal uh, rule that uh, that we uh, espouse. And again, it just really just is uh, you, you manage uh, risk in all aspects of your life with uh, insurance policies, whether it's car insurance or homeowners insurance. And uh, I mean, the stock market really should not be any different. I mean, uh, so buyers of uh, IBB today or, or down the line, they should always have an idea of uh, of, of where you're going to sell the stock in case uh, in case the new buy does not go as planned, and and sometimes that uh, that happens. So I would say you know uh, just looking at IBB right now at 122.50, uh, you probably have some room down to the 50-day moving average uh, might be a good uh, a good place to uh, to cut here, and that's the the, the red line uh, just to the left of that. Uh, uh, RS uh, 55. So, but it really depends. I mean, some people like to, you know, in a tough market, they might uh, limit their losses to, you know, three or 4% below their purchase price. Uh, others in a case like this, they may uh, be okay letting it go down, you know, five, uh, 6%, but that 50 day moving average there, um, which looks like it's uh, going to be, be valued, I don't know, right around one one fifteen or something like that uh, could, could be an area to, um, to, for a stop. Great thoughts there, Ken. And uh, before we move on to those fundamental superstars, like you mentioned, there's another uh, biotech ETF just to briefly look at. And I think it's important when you're talking about ETFs to know what you own. So with IBB, you mentioned Vertex, one of the top holdings also has Amgen, Gilead, Regeneron, so some big uh, established biotech names. They're making up about 30% of the fund, but a little bit of a different flavor you get is with XBI. And this one, the weightings are more evenly distributed across names in this fund. 
Yeah, they're two very different uh, uh, ETFs. So with uh, XBI that we're looking at uh, here, the highest weighted stock as of yesterday's close was Novavax at 1.6 percent thereabouts. So uh, this this has got a lot of uh, a lot of stocks with uh, that are very very small weightings uh, each one, as opposed to the IBB that we just looked at, where you have Vertex. Uh, and three other stocks that make up about 30% of, of the fund. So uh, XBI also looks, uh, you know, fantastic here. You can see that buyers are, uh, are totally in control. Uh, the stock is holding uh, short-term uh, moving averages. Again, that, that, that downward sloping 200-day moving average, uh, if this ETF is going to get up that high, uh, could end up being a, a resistance level. Uh, maybe not, not for long, but uh, this is another ETF that is showing signs of accumulation and uh, most importantly, holding on to the gains. That's, uh, okay. that's, that's how we, you know, how an ETF or individual stock can show strength and support by rallying sharply and then being really stubborn about giving back the gains. Absolutely. And now let's take a look at some of those stocks on your watch list. And as we do, you mentioned Vertex. This is uh, clearly one of the leaders. We can talk a little bit more about the fundamentals. But just to reiterate, you have a lot of noise out there in the biotech group. So what specifically, other than you know, the compelling stories, of, you know, breakthrough drugs and, and things like that, what specific factors are you looking at when you are scanning the biotech universe that tells you Yes, this deserves a spot on my watch list. Well, with this uh, with this MarketSmith uh, chart here, first of all, I, I see a, a composite rating of uh, 99, which is the the highest possible for uh, for Vertex, and uh, that that tells you that you're looking at uh, a stock that not only is a strong price performer in its industry group, but it's also a stock with outstanding. Uh, uh, fundamentals. So if you look down at the bottom of the chart here, you see a very steady track record of uh, earnings and sales growth uh, for uh, Vertex. Uh, it has a steady record of, uh, of annual earnings growth uh, as well. And, and this is why the stock has uh, been such a strong performer for, uh, for such a long time. It's currently on our uh, leaderboard uh, uh, portfolio. Uh, the company is doing very, very interesting work with uh, CRISPR uh, Therapeutics, CRS in uh, in uh, in sickle cell disease, which is uh, basically a, a disorder of uh, the red red blood cells, uh, but Vertex is is mostly known for its cystic fibrosis uh, fa franchise. And here's a look at uh, CRISPR here, uh, which you can see is participating in spades uh, with this uh, with this biotech uh, rally. Looks a little bit uh, extended up here after a. Uh, after a big move, so I wouldn't I wouldn't chase uh, this stock, but uh, yeah, they're they're partnered with uh, with Vertex, uh, doing some very uh, interesting work in uh, in sickle cell uh, disease, and that's what I like about uh, you know Vertex is that even though their their main uh, area is cystic fibrosis, they're uh, doing a lot of uh, interesting work. Um, uh, not only in, in, in sickle cell, but a form of uh, kidney disease and also some uh, investigational uh, type 1 diabetes uh, treatment. So uh, this is, uh, you know, definitely a fundamental superstar and a, and a, a very liquid uh, name that's got great fun sponsorship. That it is. So then I think that uh, is a great segue to showing a little bit of a, a compare contrast between Vertex and CRISPR because these two companies are working together. CRISPR has made a nice move off lows. It's back above its 200-day line. But 
for the audience, why is this one not one of those superstars? I mean, it's not consistently profitable. So that's like a big issue. And it's taken a lot of time off, whereas Vertex is more in an established uptrend. What what else is a dis what other distinguishing factors are there here for you? Well, so just to, you know, in terms of fundamentals, a lot of uh, a lot of question marks here. I mean, no one doubts that CRISPR's uh, uh, you know the the therapeutics and the and the company's uh, technology is is uh, you know most likely a game changer. But when you look at uh, annual uh, earnings, I mean, you see a lot of uh, a lot of losses. You see, you know, occasionally they're they're uh, you know, producing an annual uh, profit, but it is so choppy and uneven, um, you know, and I think that that hurts, uh, that hurts the stock. And you can see uh, another thing is, is that they're really not generating, they're generating some revenue, but not, not a whole lot of, uh, of mm -hmm. revenue. They did, they did about uh, what, what's that? 900,000 uh, yeah. in, in the first quarter. And that was uh, down from 12.9 million. So, um, so it's, it's kind of very choppy and kind of hard to figure out. But uh, again, I mean, this is a, a chart or another example of a stock showing uh, really strong uh, relative strength. And, uh, but, you know, Vertex uh, gets, gets, gets the nod here just because because of a more consistent track mm -hmm. record of, of growth. And like you said, it's a, it's a stock that's been, you know, it's been in an uptrend for quite some time. Right. So the sort of magic formula to look for then is a solid stock chart and you have that fundamentals that go along with it. Yeah, I think people, you know, can certainly be intimidated by uh, by stock charts, but at least these these MarketSmith charts, you can you can do a lot of fundamental research with these uh, with these charts, and then you know just looking at this big you know weekly chart for Vertex Pharmaceuticals. I mean, look at all the sellers that got uh, shaken out of this stock when it started moving sideways and traded down to a hundred and hundred and eighty dollars a share. I mean, it's a big long sideways consolidation, and uh, to me, this looks like it's just a, still in the early stages of maybe starting a, a meaningful new uh, uptrend. A lot of it's going to have to depend on uh, execution and, uh, you know, more positive uh, trial results. But uh, this company has, uh, has a very good track record of execution. Okay, moving on to some other fundamental superstars. And we have Eli Lilly here, ticker LLY. This is a stock that has made a nice move this year. Starting in February, it was trading around about 234 now it's around 3:30. Yeah, it's just been another outstanding uh, performer on on leaderboard. Uh, I can consider this a, a Cadillac in the uh, in the in the group, uh, just like uh, just like Vertex. Uh, it's probably a little bit extended up here, and uh, not a stock I'd be chasing at uh, current levels. Um, if uh, by some chance, it could maybe pull down to the 21-day moving average, which is the green line. Uh, or if uh, if we, you know, have another leg down in the stock market, which I have to say, after you know today's gains, is looking less likely. But uh, you could get a, a pullback to the 50-day uh, moving average here, which would be a, you know, uh, ideal time to pick up some shares uh, if it finds support and uh, and bounces off of one of these support levels. Mm -hmm. And anything else in particular in your research that stands out about Eli Lilly? I mean, if if you're in tune at all with the, the medical sector, it seems like Eli Lilly is a very recognizable name. 
lots of approved uh, drugs in a lot of different uh, areas. Uh, they're obviously a big player in, uh, in diabetes, uh, also uh, immunology, oncology, and uh, really the big news recently from Eli Lilly is that they have a, a, a diabetes drug that's also being looked at as a weight loss uh, treatment treatment. And so far, the uh, early stage uh, trial data has been a, a home run, uh, much better than uh, than what they uh, expected. So a lot of optimism about uh, uh, a new uh, obesity, investigational obesity drug, and uh, we'll see. But there's a lot, a lot of positive buzz uh, about that and a big reason why the stock is still, still holding their highs here. Mm-hmm. And United Therapeutics is another one on your list, Ken. What a strong move this stock had. Uh, back in late May. It's had to be related to some news here. Ken, fill us in on the fundamental story that's unfolding with UTHR. Yeah. So United Therapeutics, again, you just look at this. I mean, this is a, 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 obviously a stock that is uh, still being uh, accumulated. And again, I'll just point you, point you towards those blue, those blue volume bars uh, down on the, on the daily chart there. Just lots of uh, heavy volume gains uh, for this stock as it works its way higher. Um, it initially broke out over that 220 level. They had a sort of this, it was an inhalable or an inhalation powder used uh, to treat um, uh, pulmonary arterial hypertension. So uh, that's kind of the main area for this uh, for this company, uh, just like cystic fibrosis is for uh, Vertex. But uh, again, United Therapeutics, uh, just l- look at the, the, the annual earnings are, are, are very, uh, very consistent. Uh, and then you look at the, the earnings growth and sales growth over the past uh, four quarters, um, or in, in recent quarters, you know, it's companies delivering uh, very respectable uh, growth. It's uh, a mid-cap uh, stock. We like to we like to see good mutual fund ownership, and uh, all of the stocks that we're talking about today are are you know are owned by some of the best mutual funds uh, out there. So we always demand uh, good fund sponsorship with uh, stocks that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And then just to dig a little deeper on that point, for those who are less familiar of looking at that as part of their stock selection process, why is that important? I mean, we want to be following the, the big money, right? That, that definitely helps put the odds in your favor if you're seeing that big buying demand from those institutions. Right, and so when you look at uh, when you look at uh, the billions of uh, shares that trade uh, each day on the New York Stock Exchange and the Nasdaq, it's not uh, it's not retail investors that are uh, that are fueling these uh, big moves uh, up and down for uh, you know for the indexes or for individual stocks. It's uh, it's big volume that is uh, that is caused by the the. The big buyers, the institutional investors, it might be a, a mutual fund manager, a, a growth fund. It could be an insurance company, a bank. There's all different types of uh, institutional investors. But you want to, you just want to follow. Uh, you know, when volume it really starts to to pick up in a stock or an index. You know, we we call that uh, accumulation. And uh, you know, institutional sponsorship is just uh, critical for a stock's uh, success because a stock's not going to double or triple uh, in price without uh, without mutual funds. Uh, Picking up, picking up shares and building, uh, building positions. Mm-hmm. So has the train left the station here for United Therapeutics? You mentioned with Eli Lilly, a reasonable entry would be a pullback to the 50-day line or the 10-week line on the weekly chart. Would you say uh, the same here for UTHR? 
Yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is a stock. I probably, I mean, ideally, you get a pullback to the red uh, the red line there, the ten week uh, moving average, and, uh, and that that kind of corresponds to the last uh, buy area for uh, UTHR. What I like here about this about this pattern is that it has it moved sideways for you know quite quite a long period of of, of time, and that uh, again served to to shake out sellers in the stock. There you go. So that long period of sideways movement, and then that really really bullish uh, breakout on that FDA approval. And uh, again, a stock that has just been very stubborn about giving back uh, gains. So ideally, we'd like to see this pull back to the 10-week moving average uh, and find support. But if it continues to trade tightly uh, near highs, uh, that that can often, um, you know, come ahead of additional price strength. So Mm -hmm. it's just, uh, you know, showing strength and support after a breakout and just just what we want to see. And next on the list, let's talk about HRMY. This is Harmony Biosciences and a stock that has seen a nice move over the last number of weeks here. On the weekly chart, you can see that uh, the stock which came out in the latter part of 2020 is now vying for new high territory. Yeah, I mean, you you see the the theme here. These are our stocks that are you know showing uh, showing relative strength and uh, and they have a, a great track record of uh, earnings and sales. So even though you know biotechs are are speculative as as a group, um, you know you look at recent growth at uh, at Harmony Biosciences. Uh, this is a, a company that. Uh, you know, deals with all type, types of neurological uh, disorders, including uh, what's known as excessive uh, daytime sleepiness, uh, narcolepsy, uh, but they've got a lot of marketed drugs that you can see is driving uh, meaningful revenue growth uh, for the company. So uh, what I like about this stock is that it still looks like it could be in the early stages uh, of a move here. It's a relatively young company, uh, had its IPO not that uh, not that long ago, within the past uh, couple years or so, and uh, looks to be, again, in the early stages of a move. And you have to give the company the benefit of the doubt for now because of uh, what looks like a you know pretty, pretty good track record of execution. Mm-hmm. And let's see here, in terms of a buy point, we also really like looking at how far a stock is above that 10-week line. So it's about 14% above the 10-week line right now, usually within 10% or less, especially when market conditions are rocky, is ideal. But how would you go about finding a good entry in this promising stock. Yeah, I mean, to me, the stock does, even though it's a little bit uh, extended above its 10-week moving average, it's also in the early stages of kind of breaking out of a, um, uh, you know, you know, just Big off its uh, recent highs. Yeah. So, but yeah, so there, there you go. You can see it from that perspective, uh, the stock could still be in the early, but you did get, you know, a few weeks ago, you did get an earlier uh, entry. It was kind of a, yeah, there was a, a buy area uh, right in there. So I think the best thing to do uh, right now with, uh, with Harmony, first of all, you know, go to the company's website, just take a look at their, their, their pipeline and, uh, and educate yourself. But the fact that this stock, uh, you know, after three weekly gains in a row, is barely giving up any ground uh, this week, I think is, uh, is very positive. And uh, yet another, you know, biotech uh, showing strength and support in this uh, current stock market. And a few more ideas to check in on, starting with NBIX, which is on your list, Ken, Neurocrine Biosciences. This weekly chart does look a little bit different 
than some of the other ones that we looked at with this stock being in a little bit more of a downtrend, although uh, finding uh, some strength after reversing higher, dipped below that 80 level, now trading around 95. So perhaps a little bit more of a turnaround name here. Uh, yes, indeed. And, and you're right. I mean, this, uh, this, uh, this is a different looking chart than the other uh, biotechs that we've looked at uh, at, at this point. But um, I do like the, uh, the recent uh, revenue growth at uh, Neurocrine here. You can see that uh, three straight quarters where growth has uh, picked up the pace. So they go from 15% to 26% to 31%. Uh, so you're seeing acceleration in, uh, in revenue. Uh, technically, it's, it's okay. I think this one is definitely good for the, for the watch list as it holds above uh, support levels. And to me, this 100 level is, uh, is critical. So I wouldn't buy it early, but if, uh, if you just kind of put the stock on the watch list and see if it can take that take out that 100 level. You can see on the daily chart here, it bumped up against 100 uh, just, just recently. And uh, a lot of the recent pullback has been in light uh, volume. Uh, shares were volatile uh, yesterday. Uh, with the market, but it did uh, did close off lows. So um, just an interesting name. Another thing that caught my eye about uh, Neurocrine is uh, the annual earnings estimates here, really starting to uh, to ramp up. So you can see this year they're expected to earn two nineteen a share, up twenty one percent, and then with a nice acceleration in growth in twenty twenty three. So um, even though you've got a couple quarters in a row of declining uh, earnings, you can see the profit picture is really uh, starting to shape up uh, nicely here. Uh, would like to see the stock uh, start to act a little better after this uh, pullback. Uh, maybe it can, you know, start uh, start climbing its way higher and uh, you know go go for a breakout over that one hundred level. And let's also check in on oncology stock Exelixis. Ticker here is EXEL. Uh, had a really strong streak of gains starting in mid-June. It's now trying to tighten up. Yeah, again, we're in, again, we're looking at uh, stocks like this because they are biotech stocks that uh, that that are very profitable and are generating uh, meaningful revenue growth. So again, this is another, you know, so-so chart. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of Neurocrine uh, a little bit. It's just been kind of, you know, moving moving sideways here. But uh, just like Neurocrine, uh, this stock is still in position uh, to try to break out to, uh, to, to, to new highs. So um, the fundamentals are, uh, are interesting here. I mean, their excelsis is, uh, is mainly uh, oncology. Thyroid uh, cancer, I know they're uh, involved with, and uh, you know it's a just another another biotech uh, that has 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 pretty good pretty good fundamentals and is not short on uh, fund mutual fund sponsorship either. Now, when you're looking at the quarterly results and then the annual estimates, uh, first of all, in MarketSmith, a green arrow indicates that street estimates have been revised higher. Red arrow, street estimates have been revised lower. So these estimates have been revised higher. But it does look like for 2022, we're expected to see an 11% decline, even though we've seen triple-digit growth the past couple of quarters. So what should investors be thinking about when they see something like that? 
Well, in the biotech space, you know, re- uh, spending on research and development is, uh, is, is it can be elevated, and uh, and that's a good thing in a lot of cases. And you can see the uh, research and, and uh, development is actually quite high for uh, for Excelixis. So that basically at forty eight point three means uh, the company is uh, plowing nearly half of its uh, revenue into into research and development. So when you're spending like that and committing a lot of uh, money to R&D, sometimes that can weigh on the, uh, on the bottom line. So I assume that could be what's happening um, this year, uh, but then in 2023, again, you're expected to see those numbers uh, ramp up again. Mm-hmm. And last on our list to check in before we take some viewer questions is Halo, ticker H-A-L-O, Halozyme Therapeutics, a strong week for the stock last week where it gained over 16%. It's pulling back in a little bit this week down some 6%. So maybe a little bit of volatility as it tries to uh, close solidly in new high territory. But on the weekly chart, we can see increasing volume to the upside after the stock bottomed earlier in the year. Yeah, I figured we'd, we'd end here with a, with a really solid uh, chart. This is another uh, technical setup that I really like. After a period of long sideways uh, movement, it uh, looks like it could be in the early stages of, uh, of a move here. Um, you know, this is a company known for its drug delivery uh, systems. Uh, in the latest quarter, you had a 32% rise in uh, in revenue, uh, and the fact that you know stock is down today, uh, you know, it really just looks like it's retesting a a prior uh, buy area here. So you can see that uh, breakout over that uh, 48.58 uh, high. Stock came down to its uh, short-term support level and uh, is finding support uh, today. So uh, showing pretty pretty constructive uh, technical action. The four-day pullback um, earlier earlier this week uh, came with a little bit of volume, but it's just good to see the stock uh, firming up at short-term support levels and uh, really just retesting a, a buy area, which uh, a lot of a lot of biotechs uh, can do. Okay, great. So now let's go on over to some of our viewer questions. So Kate is asking about biotech ETFs and inflation and high interest rates. You mentioned at the top of the show that this is this is a defensive area. So are inflation and interest rates a concern here when we're looking at the ETFs and the names in the group? Well, you know, listen, it's, it's a concern for all stocks in, in all uh, industry groups when you're in an inflationary environment and, and the Fed is uh, in the early stages of, a, of an aggressive rate hike uh, campaign. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that presents risk not only for biotech stocks, but for the stock market in general, which is why we're in such a, a difficult uh, market environment right now. Uh, indexes are, are, to me, making a, a reasonably good case uh, for uh, a bottom uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it, what what we know is that the, the, there's a lot of really strong performing biotechs out there that are showing uh, you know great fundamental and, and technical um, you know prowess, and um, I, I would just think the, the, the inflation and interest rate uh, you know narrative is is just tough for all companies because it uh, it can hurt uh, it can hurt earnings uh, at least in the in the short term. So I think the hope is if if the economy is going to slow down, which it is doing, uh, that the slowdown is uh, not long and, and and drawn out, and that the recovery could be could be pretty quick. That's that's the that's what the bulls are hoping for anyway. Mm-hmm. And we also have uh, Scott asking us about 
IDB versus XBI. We talked about some of the differences in them. One has the weightings, XBI a little bit more spread out, IDB a little bit more concentrated, uh, weightings in a, a select number of names, four or five, making up the 30% the of the fund. Which one do you think would be the one to go with? If, if there's only one ETF to put your money in, what should investors be going with? Well, it's, it's a, a good question. Uh, we mentioned uh, that about 30% uh, of uh, IBB is, uh, is weighted to uh, uh, Vertex, which we went over. Uh, Amgen, AMGN is also a, a top holding. Gilead Sciences, GILD, and uh, uh, Regeneron, REGN. Uh, so th those four stocks make up about 30% of uh, IBB. And then we mentioned that uh, this, uh, the COVID vaccine maker, Novavax, uh, is, is, is the highest weighted stock in XBI at 1.6%. Uh, so um, I don't know. If you, if you back me into a, a corner, I think, I think both uh, ETFs are, are showing just wonderful price action. Um, I'd probably go with the IBB just because it, it, uh, it, it tends to have some larger, more liquid names. That's a great segue to a question about ARKG. And this is a question from Shane. Hi, Shane. Uh, this has turned. So hitting a low of a little above 26 in mid-June. It's now just under 36. This is the more speculative side of the medical sector here. Obviously, one of Kathy Wood's funds. So if, if we're to compare ARKG with XBI and IBB, this is definitely the more speculative one, which, uh, you know, maybe in, in strong bull markets, if you go to a, you know, a weekly chart here, we saw a fantastic move in 2020 with ARKG, uh, but it has fallen very sharply. So how do you uh, put this into perspective with the other ETFs, clearly your focus is on those more liquid, solid, uh, more, more stable, less speculative stocks. Yeah. Well, I, so I don't know the specific makeup of ARKG, uh, but I will say that, you know, going back to the daily chart, I mean, it looks uh, pretty much like the, uh, of the charts of IBB and XBI that we just uh, looked at. A nice rally off lows uh, with, uh, with volume. And uh, again, some, some just tight sideways action holding above short-term uh, moving averages. Uh, I think the price action here uh, is, uh, is, is just as good as what we're seeing in IBB and uh, XBI uh, at, at this point. So, um, yeah, I want to just do a little digging and see uh, and see which uh, which names are uh, the, the, the fund uh, get the highest weightings in uh, in ARCG. But uh, I think the chart looks uh, looks fine here, too. Mm -hmm. And when you're analyzing either ETFs or individual stocks, JK is asking, uh, can you use the same strategies to pinpoint entries for both ETFs and individual names? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, they, they, they present uh, ETF uh, charts, uh, present uh, entry points, uh, whether it's a pullback to a, a short term support level, or, or maybe a pullback down to the, the 50 day moving average, uh, you know, our charts, uh, you know, ETFs or individual stocks, uh, you can, you can glean uh, buy points uh, from, from, uh, from both uh, you know, price and su supply and demand uh, and, and price and volume uh, doesn't doesn't change. So you can uh, you can 
find buy points just as easy with ETFs. Mm -hmm. And we have Tara asking about smaller cap companies in biotech that are profitable, but what are your, what's your guidance for a good threshold for liquidity and, uh, you know, focusing more on larger cap names versus small caps, or is it okay uh, to be looking at smaller cap names in biotech? I think, in, yeah, I mean, in select uh, situations, there are uh, some biotechs that are priced under $10. I don't have any specific examples, but you might uh, have biotechs priced under 10 that are profitable, that are uh, generating uh, 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 revenue. So, you know, they, they can be uh, okay, but you just want to, you want to have a checklist with every biotech stock that you buy. The other thing with small caps is just the liquidity. You know, we, we typically like to see an average daily dollar volume of uh, at least 25 to, to 30 million. And to calculate a stock's average daily volume, you take the, the daily volume and just multiply it by the stock price. So we like to see average daily dollar volume at least 25, 30 million. Uh, sometimes that's hard to, to find uh, when you're looking at stocks uh, priced under 10. So uh, liquidity is very important uh, in the small cap uh, biotech space. And even more importantly, you got to make sure there's a, a fundamental uh, story there. And you want to avoid the stocks with no earnings, uh, no sales that you know might be talking a, a good story about a, pop, a pipeline, but uh, don't really show much in the way of uh, execution. Mm-hmm. And uh, to wrap up, Ken, what would be your thoughts on going with a leveraged ETF? Uh, I, I guess in general, and specifically for biotechs, here's a look at LabU. Uh, the price action does look a bit squished on a daily chart. I mean, we can we can go to a 60 minute just to show kind of the, the trend up here that this has had. But this is uh, three times the performance of the S&P Biotechnology Select Industry Index, which is S uh, XBI. So this is basically three times the performance of XBI. How yeah. should investors handle something like this if they were so interested? Well, I mean, they're, they're not for the faint of heart. But again, I mean, not surprising to see uh, LabU's uh, chart, uh, you know, just kind of nice rally off lows with volume, holding above uh, support levels, trading sideways. So showing a great, uh, uh, great price action in the market. But, you know, these leveraged ETFs, as popular as they are, they can move, uh, they can move quickly. So, um, you know, we talk about the importance of having uh, stops. It's, it's even more important uh, with these uh, leveraged uh, ETFs. Uh, Personally, they're not my uh, cup of tea, but, um, you know, they are, they are popular. You just kind of have to know what you own and, uh, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, a leveraged ETF, uh, you know, losses can, can get pretty, pretty big pretty fast if you're not careful. So uh, use, use stops. Definitely. So in closing, just to wrap up some key points from today, we are seeing a lot of money flowing into the biotech space and medical sector more broadly. We're pinpointing buy zones and looking at the technical action to find those proper entries and managing risk. There's ETFs and individual stocks that you can 
look at at the very least for your watch list. And for those individual names, you want to be focusing on stocks that have strong fundamentals, strong stories as well to go along with that, but strong fundamentals and charts that are setting up nicely. Anything else to add, Ken? No, I would just uh, just say at the homepage of uh, investors.com, uh, investors.com, you're going to always find a lot of, uh, you'll find some biotech stories up there uh, some of the time. And uh, we tend to write about, you know, what is, uh, you know, what is making people money in the current market. So uh, we know that money is, uh, flowing into healthcare and biotech. So that's been sort of a, a focus uh, for us. So uh, lots of great coverage at investors.com. And, uh, um, you know, I like the, like the action in the biotech uh, group and think it has a possibility of continuing. Yes, a group that will definitely continue to track. And we also love going into detail on names like what we went through and so many more because, like I said, this is such a huge industry group. So there's so many tickers to take a look at. But hopefully uh, the audience now has some additional tools for their toolbox for how to analyze uh, potential big winners in this space. So thank you so much, Ken, for all of your great insights today. My pleasure. Great to be on. And thank you all so much for watching. Coming up on Monday, we have Barron's Senior Managing Editor, Lauren R. Rublin, and Deputy Editor, Ben Levinson. They're going to discuss the outlook for financial markets, industries, and sectors, as well as individual stocks. So that'll be fun on Monday. And IBD, we'll see you back here in August. August 12th will be our episode next month. So looking forward to seeing you then. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.